Welcome back to Season 2 of That's So Second Millennium, the Catholic Science Podcast, where we look forward to the new synthesis in the new millennium between faith, philosophy, and science. Welcome back. This is Episode 84 of That's So Second Millennium. Well, I had a massive proposal due on the 1st of November, and so Bill and I convened an emergency session on the 2nd of November, and we uh, rambled on for an hour and a quarter about this and that. Bill wanted to talk about Jordan Peterson, um, and we also wanted to talk about the gold masses. So there's 50 minutes of recording before the part that I'm going to choose to start this episode. Uh, we're going to start with a discussion about the gold masses, and then we come back to Jordan Peterson and uh, the question of what one can do with one's uh, life at the end. We'll see how we make that segue. I think we did all right. Um, so in any case, I'm not sure what we'll do with the rest of that material. It may just be preparation for conversations further down the line. Haven't made up my mind yet. Um, but yeah, and in fact, this is a good episode because we actually get to let Bill uh, do a lot of the talking because I'm sort of psychologically numb at this point. So it's good. Good to hear from Bill. Bill has some interesting things to say. So uh, with that, I will uh, leave you to it. It might be good to just focus um, the whole podcast on pointing out a few of the features that have been added to the uh, Society of Catholic Scientists website, one of them being uh, probably the only place online where you will find uh, the collection of announcements about gold masses. And uh, it couldn't be more timely because uh, a lot of the masses are uh, clustered around uh, the feast day of St. Albert the Great, right? Mm-hmm. That's November 15th? Yes. Yep. That's in yeah. two weeks. And, in, two weeks. and indeed, one of those masses uh, is one that you've had a big role in uh, c concepting and uh, c implementing, right, in Indianapolis. Yeah. I, uh, I, I went to, uh, oh, wow, there's going to be one in Los Alamos. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. Um, that's that's going to be fascinating. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can pull up one of those lists. But, yeah, no, I, I took it upon myself to see if I could gather enough uh, Catholic scientists here to have a, uh, a gold mass here, and the uh, the Archbishop uh, gave his. Here we go. The Archbishop gave his. Of course, it's just a link to the CatholicScientists.org list of uh, gold masses. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and have that at the cathedral uh, on Friday the fifteenth at five fifteen p.m. So, and then we'll have dinner afterward. Uh, whoever is there. So. And, yeah. Uh, in, uh, is there any sense of um, who is likely to be attending? Has has the outreach uh, gone to particular oh, it's, schools? It's pretty, or pretty modest at this point. I have reached out to the different universities in the area, and uh, now that I've I've done with this uh, massive proposal that was due yesterday, and uh, I can see what I plan to do with the rest of my life. Um, right. There's just, I mean. There's a double handful of people who've said they're coming or expressed interest, so we'll see. Well, well these things do. Uh, what's the Bible quote from uh, uh, Old Testament? Well, uh, yeah, Old despise, Testament. despise not the day of small beginnings. Small beginnings, yeah. I hope not. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, knowing that, uh, and and then uh, Jesus talks about the mustard seed. So. Oh, exactly. Right. But yeah, yeah. So. Uh, 
we'll, we'll have a handful of people in a little fellowship. And, you know, of course, I'm in a position where I don't know where I'll be living next year. So I hope that uh, it seems like a good enough idea to the people there that uh, one or more of them will undertake the modest uh, responsibility of continuing to make sure that it happens next year. But I think that's, yeah. you know, you've planted a seed in one of the country's biggest archdioceses. So that's pretty good. It's, 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 I guess it's, I have no idea where it rates in terms of size, but yeah. I would imagine. it's, And then I love for planting the seed. Uh, somebody else has obviously done that uh, with the national labs like Los Alamos. Wow. Yes, yes cool. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Now there's, it's, a, it's a short and interesting enough list. I'm going to read it off. It's, it's All right. Bismarck, North Dakota. Yes. Bishop David Kagan is going to celebrate the one in Bismarck, North Dakota. Now that, that's impressive. I like that. Uh-huh. Uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts at MIT. Graduate chaplain Harvard is going, Father George Salzman is going to celebrate that one, 7.30 p.m. November 15th in Indianapolis, 5.15 p.m. November 15th, Friday in St. Paul, Minnesota. Father Mar Matt Shireman is the one to contact anyway. Uh, okay. Ithaca. Ithaca. Cornell. Connect. Yes. With go. our friend uh, Professor Lunin possibly in attendance. Uh, that's possibly. hypothetical. Father Dan Mullen, 5.15 p.m. on Friday. 5 p.m. on Friday in St. Louis, Missouri. Apparently we're doing this chronological order uh, taking time zones into account. Right. <laughs> uh, 5.30 p.m. Friday at Los Alamos, where the odds are good, but the goods are odd. I'm sorry, that's a terrible joke. Um, <laughs> just just commenting on the prospects of a woman going to work in that heavily male-dominated uh, environment and looking for a husband. Um, that's, that's an old joke about uh, Los Alamos in particular. Is that right? I did. Yeah. I had not heard that. Uh, and if, you, if you're in hard science, and if, uh, if you're in hard science and have you know any contact with like nuclear anything, which I did as a, a, a PhD student, uh, yeah, you. Uh, the homilist is Deacon Raymond Alcuf, retired Los Alamos National Lab scientist and fellow of the American Nuclear Society. That's going Whoa. to be. Wait for it. Explosive. No. Oh, my gracious. Oh, you're, oh, you're yeah. sinking lower and lower. No, I know. Oh, I know. My goodness. 9 p.m. on Friday. 9 p.m. on Friday in Providence. I love it. 9 right. p.m. And, of course, that's going to be Father Nicanor Austriaco. Terrific. 5.30 p.m. in Vancouver, B.C. 12.15 p.m. Okay, now we're just we're out of order now. I don't know. Rochester, New York, the University of Rochester. Uh, okay. Tor Toronto, Ontario, 7 p.m. Well, I mean, you know, if, uh, which he's not, if Jordan Peterson were to show up at one of them, it would be the University of Toronto, but he's not. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, Lord, we talked to him. He is the, he is the contact there, apparently. Yeah. So that's good. Good for him. Good. Waterloo, Ontario, Father Mark Morley, 7 p.m. at St. Michael's Catholic Church. Uh, it's November 20th, Wednesday, Lyle, Illinois, at Benedictine University. Uh, Matt Wiesner is the contact there. Father John Cartier. Reception at 6, a talk at 7 by Father Cartier on the mystery of faith from gold mass to gravity waves. Wow, somebody's going to stick that on YouTube. Whoa. Gold mass to gravity waves. Wow, I like it. Yeah. 
on, on Thursday, November 21st, the week before uh, a week before Thanksgiving, or Lady right. Wisdom Chapel, Grand Rapids, Michigan, at Aquinas College. Father Robert Killer, believe it or not, he's an OP at Aquinas College, believe it or not. Uh-huh. That, that's, that's a Dominican um, uh, institution, right? I think it must be. Aquinas College, yeah. There will be a lecture at 7 p.m. given by Stephen M. Barr. He's Terrific. He's going to be out there, so that must be why they're uh, scheduling it for that day. Very good. Intriguing. Very good. Intriguing. Good for them. All right. Well, yeah. yeah. So uh, hopefully there will be more. Uh, people might throw in together in the last couple of weeks here or uh, do it another time. Because, uh, of course, there's nothing that says it has to be done on, on or near uh, November 15th. So, But it really does uh, call attention to the important role that the Society of Catholic Scientists is playing in just bringing about this uh, phenomenon, still incipient, but, uh, but nevertheless uh, pretty robust over the past few years to get these gold masses going. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, partly that uh, significant effort by folks like Father Nicanor um, yeah. and uh, Stephen Barr, and partly, I think, just that there's uh, an underlying need, uh, an increasing awareness of the need for this public statement of and uh, seeking uh, prayerful support of uh, the uh, compatibility between science and religion. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I mean, that's the thing. It's 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 such a it's such a tired old canard. I mean, it just yeah. There's, there, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm groping for. I would like to go off on on one last tirade of the ones you know all the ones that uh, we recorded <laughs> um, today uh, because. Uh, I'm I'm a little incoherent today, but uh, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to press it when it's obviously not going to happen. But uh, nevertheless, you know, it is a tired tired old doctrine that uh, we need anything that we can do to shut it down and remind one another that in fact this completely completely makes sense to be both Catholic and a scientist. Yeah, yeah. It's just not it's not realism to say that those are irrevocably opposed. I, I think that uh, people are seeing some improvement in uh, the understanding of the compatibility between science and religion. Part of it is uh, efforts like the Society of Catholic Scientists. Part of it is efforts like the Science and Religion Initiative uh, that the McGrath Institute at Notre Dame is conducting and similar things, uh, for instance, uh, the the efforts of the Magis Center and Father Bob Spitzer out in California and they're, they're the great website uh, work that he's been doing to evangelize on this subject. Um, so I think there is some improvement and that's helping to boost uh, support for things like the gold masses. Uh, and uh, frankly, uh, uh, apart from the uh, from the uh, theology of it, uh, I can't help but think that as times get tougher for a lot of people, 
And, you know, as we uh, cast about uh, culturally from one institution to another, well, now that we've, you know, kind of uh, weakened religion as an institution, uh, we've turned to uh, science, and uh, that that's, that's holding up uh, pretty well because there's a lot of really uh, uh, good people of integrity in that. But we've also turned to politics and government to the point where you know we're, we're like, so many, <laughs> right <laughs> so many so many people are talking about you know socialism as the answer which is really their way of saying big government right big spending and big materialism is the right. answer right, right. and so uh, th- uh but we're seeing that 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 you know, I don't think that will stand the acid test of, of election battles in most places in the country. And I mean, so, we'll see. It's, yeah, it'll be I mean, interesting to see. Yeah, we're watching. We're watching politics just rock back and forth. From you know, it's it's trying to you know push itself into more and more extreme. And of course, you know, it's good for me to listen to this audiobook that I mentioned to you before we started before we started recording the piece that we're actually going to release about the, uh, <laughs> yes. about the yeah. financial the financial uh, whirlwinds that you know streaked across the world repeatedly from the first world war through the 30s now mention and, the title of that again oh that was that uh, the lord the finance is the name of that book it was uh-huh. it won an award or something for some organization's best history book of the year, I think, in 2009. That's fascinating. Yeah, I I would like to. Interesting time. I guess the guy is, the the author's originally from Kenya. Uh, His name is something like Leaquat Ahmed. I don't have it. I don't have it in front of me right now. But uh, yeah, so it's, 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 and it's just, yeah, it's, but I I don't have to or want to go through a book review of it. It is an interesting book, but but just to be reminded of, you know, things have been more extreme. Yes, there have been times when Hitler could get a hearing. And as much as people want to scream and use his name to, you know, tar their political opponents with, we don't have a Hitler going right now. Right. Nowhere, actually, at this point, certainly nowhere on the planet in a country of comparable size and wealth to Germany of the 1930s. We do not have a Hitler going anywhere right now. We have bad people. We have people who should not be leading countries. We have those in spades. Um, you know, leave the United States out of it. But Russia? China? Really? Yeah. <laughs> those mm-hmm. people belong in, in charge of those governments? Really? Um, and you could just, you know, you could, you, could walk, you could walk the world and find people who are that level of bad and are certainly, you know, and certainly death is following in their wake and horrible human catastrophes have, have and continue to follow upon their actions and inactions. Yes. But we don't have a Hitler right now. We don't have a Stalin right now in charge of anything like that size of a country. Um, yeah. We should take yeah. steps to avoid it, but we should also sort of dial down the hysteria. That's right. That's my experience. Right. Yeah. No, there, there will always be uh, there will always be uh, countries and cultures that are that are falling victim to that kind of uh, uh, you know uh, culture of death, 
in particular uh, ways. But uh, what's missing at the moment is, I guess, the uh, hegemonic um, uh, intent that uh, that uh, Hitler uh, evinced. But uh, you know, uh, the forces of uh, terrorism in general, in a sense, are. Uh, at least yeah. I mean, the, the good thing about it is, is that people as evil as Hitler in the world, but fortunately, they don't have his power. Exactly. They yeah. Resources. Yeah. But now is definitely the time to be uh, nipping it in the bud to the degree that we can, and ultimately, it's really just uh, something that we can do on an individual basis and within uh, the Catholic uh, Church. And uh, and other uh, churches. That is that is the only important thing. Is what can what can I do? What what does charity ask me specifically to do? Yes, yeah, and um, that's something that uh, we were talking about uh, the interview um, uh, between uh, uh, Jordan Peterson and Patrick Coffin, and one thing that uh, Peterson said that. Uh, uh, that I wrote down, um, at least paraphrasing, he said, uh, you know, your life properly conducted has a a truly wide-ranging positive impact on the world. And uh, so when, when, uh, when when we say, well, you know, what can one person do? We kind of fatalistically say, "Gee, the only thing we can do about everything from the from the uh, church sexual abuse crisis to uh, uh, global uh, climate change to everything else, uh, we we wind up saying, well, it has to start with the individual." And a lot of times, that sounds like it's uh, almost an admission of defeat. Uh, you know, let's just, it's almost like, you know, the Benedict option in, in miniature, right? Uh, right. We retreat, we retreat within our own four walls, even within our own lives. Well, but, yeah, but Jordan, you can do it that way, but you can do it the opposite way, too. What were you going to say about Jordan Peterson's take on it? Oh, right, no, so Jordan Peterson is saying that uh, it's it's in no way a, uh, you know, admission of defeat, to uh, take on this project in one's individual life. And uh, he's a a clinical psychologist as well as a professor who has seen uh, that, uh, you know, if one adopts this in one's personal life uh, as, you know, an effort to make the world better by being a better person, that it really can have an impact not just on the person who gets better, but he he is personally convinced, and he's not necessarily a man of explicit faith right now. Uh, but um, but uh, he's convinced just from the evidence that he's seen that this can have an impact, a good impact on the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it reaches a critical mass of individual effort having having a real impact. And uh, well, I think yeah. that's yeah, that's why Jordan Peterson is seen as such a source of inspiration by so many people now. I mean, and there's also the, I mean, there's the fact that, you know, even, even on, you know, the real single, you know, single human life, you know, you can affect dozens and hundreds of people. And if you haven't, you know, changed the entire world, 
you know, that's kind of what 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 did the other six billion people have to say about that? <laughs> yep. They have just as much dignity as you have. It's kind of it's kind of an insanity that we're subject to that we can sort of leave that out. What they what they want from the situation is just as important as what I think is most important of the situation. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I liked uh, about, uh, oh, well, there were many things in that uh, interview with uh, Peterson, but uh, he also said that uh, you know, from his own personal experience, he knows that uh, you know speaking up about certain political and policy issues, as he's done in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, can be uh, you know a risk uh, and uh, it can um, uh, be somewhat detrimental. Uh, to uh, you know the the circumstances of uh, your of your life, uh, yeah. uh, you're taking a lot of heat from the media and everybody else. Yeah. But what I loved, what I loved was his uh, next statement, namely that not speaking up is even worse. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. uh, if you're if you're holding back on principles that you believe are truly necessary uh, for yourself and for others. And you're being cowed into uh, silence and inaction. That's not only bad for a world that you could be in, impacting in some way, but it's also bad for you because you kind of lose your sense of meaning, your uh, purpose, uh, self-confidence, uh, connection to something bigger than yourself, the common good, as well as to uh, the greater good and, and, to, and to God ultimately. And he sees that. Mm-hmm. And that's I, I thought I thought that was a really neat part of that interview. Yeah, yeah, it is it is corrosive to see good that you could do and refuse to do it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's why we 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 do see a lot of people trying to do good by their own lights, uh, by you know being activists on this issue or or that issue. Uh, fighting for fighting for justice and fighting against uh, you know various wrongs, but um, I I don't think that uh, you know in the in the absence of of some kind of faith or or some system of common good values, uh, I don't think you can really uh, have a structured approach. Um, that that is really needed. It it it, it tends to become more uh, egotistical and uh, more more, uh, more random. It's a, it's a, exactly exactly, and uh, it almost works against itself. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so it's almost individual disempowerment, ultimately resulting from something that we thought was going to be individually empowering namely you know uh, uh, dropping the shackles uh, the so-called shackles of, of religion and faith uh, you know uh, yeah I think you need some recourse to that in 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 most public discourse situations yeah uh, how are you doing? I, well, I think I'm, probably I, I, we've got I enough. It's, uh, it's, it's about time for me to sign off. And, yeah, uh, here too. Not, we've, I think we were, we're at the point where we have a... Uh... If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. 
You can email a link to this episode at thatsosecondmillennium.net, share the post for this episode from our Facebook page, or you can use your podcast app's built-in sharing feature.